Abba Yahweh, maker of all things made, I, I thank you again so much for your confirmation that you provide to me to tell me that I am on the right path, that I am going the right direction, that I am doing the right thing, that I am about your business. Father God, the numerous confirmation that you send to me and some specifically for me and not to be shared or specifically for me and that it's okay to share. And you, through your Holy Spirit, let me know which is which. Thank you so much, Father God, for allowing me to be the conduit of your treasure that I can take from your treasury, the word of God, the Holy Bible, our life's instruction manual, and these things that you allow to happen, this platform that you allow and have decided that it's a good way to share this word. And Father God, that I have received contacts back to let me know that people in the Middle East are hearing your gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth from your book, Father God. Thank you so much for this. Not for any vainglory for Raven Whitehawk, but for the glory of your majesty, that you are to be praised and that the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, your only begotten son, is given. Abba Yahweh, Amen. Yeshua, Amen. Parakletos, Amen. Amen, praiseworthy, brothers and sisters. I've shared that with you before, that the word Amen, so be it. Amen praiseworthy or worthy of praise. Is God the maker of all things not worthy of praise? Is not his only begotten son who stepped off the throne of heaven and gave up many of his heavenly virtues to come to this earth, be born as a child, go through the birth and start teaching and being about his father's business at the age of 10, 11, and 12 years old, he was teaching in the synagogue and that the word of his authority was so powerful that the scholars at the time were amazed and astounded and that people wanted to hear his doctrine because it was power, power. And then the arrogant, the darkness came into the hearts of men and that the devil had turned their hearts and thinking that by destroying the son, the only begotten son of God, that he wins. Ah, but brothers and sisters, we know the truth. He does not. He does not. It only gives us a greater opportunity Brothers and sisters, the only thing that God asks us to do. But I'm sharing because, again, a confirmation from God, my Father, through the Holy Spirit and my lead pastor at my home church, which many of you have been invited to. I've invited you to go there. Antioch. Trail Lake Drive, Fort Worth, Texas, behind the Sonic. After the sermon, you can go get a burger. 
it's an awesome place. There are so many variables of the body there, brothers and sisters, so many. It's awesome to see. And as it was in the days of old, Antioch was the first mission church, the church at Antioch. And I'm not talking about this one. I'm talking about biblical Antioch. That was the church that sent Paul and Barnabas. And they went out preaching. This is, a, we are doing the same thing. Today we prayed over a couple, a young couple. They're going to Europe to join the mission field. And we are their home church, the base church, and we prayed over them in the service. And there were more prayer over them afterwards and share time. And they've been at the church for some while. They come from many students from TCU. For those that don't know, that's Texas Christian University, and they come to the church. They love the church. Worship is awesome. Teaching is awesome. But... Again, I'm going to share with you, brothers and sisters, that the confirmation is so awesome and so great. It's so powerful. And I don't get on conference calls with any of these other men. And I am surely not going to call up our lead pastor and tell him that I'm looking for confirmation from him and to engage and try to share time. I mean... I just don't feel that that's my place. But my father, from where my degree comes from, and I've shared this with you, so many that uh, are and have been called to be pastors and they go through theological seminaries and they go through all the teaching and they get their credentials from universities here and they get their the chancellor signs it and so forth and so on. And, you know, they've got this vaunted degree. The only degree I have is as I've shared with you before, HSU, Heaven Sent University. I don't have a theological degree that comes from mammon. Mine comes from God and the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I feel really comfortable with that. I feel really comfortable with engaging in conversation with any of those gentlemen that have gone to the university. My lead pastor, he's a he's got a doctorate that he just received. I think that was last year he finished his doctorate. And he is now... Dr. Jamie. But you know what? He hasn't gone to that swellhead thing and he hasn't allowed that to absorb into him in that way. He's still a down-to-earth, fired-up preacher and loves to worship and it's great. He plays guitar, he gets up on stage and he's singing and he jumps around, you know, and he gets excited about the Word of God. I love that. And he just delivers powerful messages. And we concur on so many things and he... He actually likes it when I come up and give him a hug and, and uh, you know, say thanks for the confirmation. I share a little bit with him and it, it fires him up. He likes that because in that, he's getting a confirmation that he's on the right path. And it was very cool. Last week, I, got to, I just walked up to him and I said, Jamie, I said, I really feel the need to pray for you and over you. I said, I, I could feel things that were going on last week, I shared a, a little tiny tidbit and goes, yeah, that's right. And I shared it with you, brothers and sisters. We need to be in prayer for our pastoral teams and our elders of the church because, brothers and sisters, you can't please all the people all the time. And, it, and it, those that are really compassionate and care about the flock, 
because it is said that pastors are the uh, hired shepherds for Jesus because he's in heaven. But they feel things, brothers and sisters. They perform baptisms, the christenings, and funeral services and weddings. For all the good, there's also the down low. And they see that the, that the congregation, the members of the body, they become fearful. They try to dispel the fear that is there. And God doesn't mind if we have fear. He doesn't want us to be fearful. And there are members of the body that become fearful. And, and it's hard for our pastors because they have the ups and downs. And I think that they, from my perspective, I think that they go through more ups and downs than we do. Because not only do they have their own, but they have an empathy for the, the body of Christ that, that attends their church. And that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. So I put my hand right on his chest and I was praying over him, praying for his heart, praying for his strength, praying for his courage and uprightness and to be bold and continue on that stuff. And we had a good fellowship, got a great big old hug. Then we went into service. Oh man, it was so awesome. And uh, it was powerful, the confirmation that I got today and uh, being what I shared with you before is that we have to be have uh, Christ-centered. And I have this great church. <laughs> I I get a tickle because I shared it with him today. Yeah, I'm going to pat myself on the back for this one. Uh, no, I'm not either. Never mind. I'm not going to share that with you. But anyway, it was very good. I told him that I, I wore it in honor of his uh, sermon last week and, and that we are needing to be that. So I'm not going to pat myself on the back. I won't do that. But it's a very cool shirt, and he got a tickle out of that and uh, shared it with him. And it's an awesome way. And, and he knows why I do that stuff. It's not a, it's not a, really an attaboy thing. And my verbiage might have been incorrect there. It's not to pat myself on the back. It's very cool because it is what we need to do. We need to have Christ-centered in our lives. And through that. And here's the other thing, too, that's important to remember, brothers and sisters, that through that, we have this awesome thing called communion. So for so many, communion has become the the cracker and wine or the wafer and the wine or however it's delivered at whatever church you attend. But communion is not only about that. Communion is also community. Communion is also having communication with another being in spiritual connection with the Lord Jesus Christ and unto the Father through the Holy Spirit. We can do all those things. We commune. It means that we engage in conversation and spiritual connectedness. That's all God wants from us, brothers and sisters. He just wants us to have faith in him, believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son, ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and, and walk with us, and just have faith. And talk to him. Pray to God, our Father. He likes us to talk to him. We cannot ever forget, brothers and sisters, that we are called to the same purpose. And uh, Dr. Jamie Miller, <laughs> Pastor Jamie was sharing today out of Ephesians in chapter one. This is, it's a very important 
thing that we talked about that, and I'm, I'm going to just start reading a bit through here. Um, I'm going to go through from the first of Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God in the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, I shared with you that peace, the peace that passeth all understanding, something that we have no concept that we can't even begin to try to grasp the concept of the depth of his love. And it all resounds around a little small word, two-letter word, so. For God so loved the world, John 3.16. One of, probably one of the most famous memorized verses of the Bible. There are many, but that is probably right up there in the top, if not the top one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's what I tried to remember to, and, and I do, I don't, I don't do it every time I share with you, but I do it often that, to invite you to do so. If you have not taken that opportunity, I'm going to do so now. I also invite you through the Holy Spirit to try my spirit. I explain to you how to do that. And you'll find that the Holy Spirit will tell you that I am speaking truth, that I'm speaking power, that I'm speaking righteousness, upright and boldness to you, and that what I share is truth. And it has nothing to do with patting me on the back, patting me on the head, or giving me so many like I don't care. The sponsorship to make money for this that I have been offered to do. And brothers and sisters, I'm kind of an old guy and I'm pretty darn broke. But you know what? God provides what I need. Okay, so I don't need the sponsorship. I've refused sponsorship because that's not what this is about. Not to get Raven paid. This is about sharing the gospel of God, Abba Yahweh, maker of all things made, ancient of days, Adonai, our sovereign God, and the good news gospel of Jesus Christ's only begotten son. To offer anyone out there the opportunity to be saved, all you have to do is say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten son. I believe that he came and he died to wash me in his blood, that he came to save me. I want to believe that strongly. I want to have faith in you and I want the Holy Spirit to guide my life from now on. Amen. So be it. And God will. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Remember I shared with you this, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ is our high priest and in his position in heaven, in the right hand of God. Wow. He prays for us every day. He goes to prayer every day for us, intercessory prayer, that we are to be protected and guided. And, you know, if we fall down, that we would have the courage and, and the boldness to stand back up, dust our knees off and look up at God and say, Father, I'm sorry I fell again. Forgive me. And what does he do? He reaches down, he pulls you in, he gives you a kiss on the neck, and he says, yes, I will. I love you. You're my child. And that's all we have to remember to do. 
And according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us in the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. according to the good pleasure of his will. So our brothers and sisters, that just a, that's a powerful thing, and my old eyes kind of trick me here. Maybe I need a bigger print Bible. But brothers and sisters, what that's talking about is that we are his children. We are chosen through Jesus Christ that we are his. Now you have to understand here a certain thing, uh, brothers and sisters, that when they talk about Gentiles and and uh and the children in the tribe of of uh, Israel and and so forth that that there was a difference, but that we are through Jesus Christ, His sacrifice, that we are all become the children and part of that. And this is the desire that God had when He was sending us here and creating us, is that we would all be that. And unfortunately, many didn't continue down that path, so. Jesus came to sacrifice himself to give all, again, that opportunity to be back. And, and God says, yes. All you have to do is ask. And he says, yes. But here's the other thing, too. Um, remember that Jesus Christ really, really loves children. Why do you suppose that that would be? And remember, I remember the song, Jesus loves little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. And you remember when his uh, disciples tried to rebuke the children that, that broke through to come and see Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He rebuked them. He said, suffer not the little children to come unto me. For lest ye become as children, ye shall not see the kingdom of God. Or the kingdom of heaven, actually, is the way he said it. Why do you suppose that is, brothers and sisters? And I'll share that with you. Because in children, there is no guile. Although born into a broken and dark and a world of sin, they are born without it. They are born without guile. What that word means is they are born without lies, without deceit, they don't know how to do it. They only know how to tell the truth and they know how to believe. They are taught to lie, cheat, and steal. That's taught to them, but they're born without it. And we need to be as born again Christians and children of God, believers in Jesus Christ and faith in God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we need to be as children, full of faith, no guile, in truth, upright, righteous, bold, courageous, in truth and faith. I shared with you, I believe, um, that when we were ever at the big pool down where uh, in the area that I was living in at the time as a young child. And my father would be out in the water and he'd tell me to jump and, and I would do so. Now, see, I, I didn't trust so much my brothers because I knew they'd like to dunk me. 
They had this prankster thing going on. But my father would tell me to jump. And I would jump in and, and uh, I might get dunked or a little bit of water quickly in the face and he'd pick me right up again, hold me tight in his arms and, and I got a kick out of it. I was giggling and laughing and he'd put me up and have me do it again. And I would. And when I got stuck on the roof and he couldn't find a ladder, he told me to jump. I did. And he caught me in his arms. I didn't, I didn't hesitate. I was a little bit afraid. And he said, don't be afraid. I'll catch you. And I did. Backtracking. I didn't know that my father couldn't swim. I had no idea until I was uh, in the Marine Corps and a number of years in. <clears throat> and then because of my specialty training and things that I was able to do and uh, for whatever reason, they decided that they were going to make me a swim instructor. So I went and I had had that honor and privilege to teach young men, some older men that had no idea how to swim. And I taught my father how to swim. But I didn't know he didn't know how until I was in the Marine Corps. He was in the Marine Corps. Didn't find out that my father was on the Guadalcanal until after he passed away. I'm not going to go into that. You'll have to look that one up because if I do go into it, I'm going to get all sorts of blubber face and I won't be able to finish being about my heavenly father's work. I'll start getting all mushy about my earthly father's. The one thing I will share with you, brothers and sisters, is that you love somebody deeply. Don't hesitate to let them know and don't hesitate to say things that are very important. I never told my father. Wahoo. Ah, here I go anyway. While he was alive on this earth, I never told him that he was my hero. I never said those words to him, never looked him in the face and said, Dad, you're my hero. And he was indeed. Even when I had to take a leave of absence from my job and go home because my mom was having some a terrible time, um, not terrible in a bad way, but, you know, just kind of hard on her because the man that she stayed married to for so long and was watching him die being eaten alive by cancer. And we went and took him out of the hospital. We went and rescued him. Well, my brothers did. I wasn't able to be right there with him, but they got him out of the hospital. They, in no uncertain terms, told the doctor that he was not going to die in that place that he was going home. And so many things stabilized as soon as he got home. But anyway, I watched him go through that and I watched how strong he was. And um, true to many things in the scripture, as was said by David in Psalm and Isaiah and some of the other greater prophets, they said right up until the last breath that they will worship God, they will praise God, and they will honor God. <clears throat> and my mother shared with me when she called me and told me that he had passed away. I had been home back in my house for two days and got the call and uh, he was lying in bed and he kind of out of the clear blue sky um, called my mother in and one of my brothers who happened to be by the house and asked them to sing a hymn with him. He knew he was going. Jesus had come in, was already standing with him and told him that it would be okay for him to say goodbye. And he called my mother and my brother in. <clears throat> and they sang with him. 
he holds my my hand. And they were singing. <laughs> and my father couldn't hold the note to save his life. I mean, I, I guess if he, he could if you put it in the tote sack. But what he sang was from his heart. And I know that it was beautiful to my Lord, who was probably weeping as he was standing right there to take him home. And then my mom shared with me that they got toward the end and he started getting kind of quiet. And then he took in one deep breath and was gone. And he is now a young man as he was before. There is no pain. There is no tears. His strength. But here's the thing. He was at peace because as God promises, and there are so many promises that he keeps with us, brothers and sisters, to be with us whithersoever we go. And entering into the valley of the shadow of death, you go in one end and you exit the other. As I shared with you, it's a geological depression in the earth. It's open-ended. You go in one end, you come out the other end. It's not like a box canyon. Canyons are different. Canyons all don't have exits. You can go in and you can get stuck in them. You can even get lost in them. But a valley is you walk from one end to the other. Sorry, didn't mean to get sidetracked, but I, I thought that was a relevant thing that was to share and and uh, hopefully that the uh, angel that listens in onto my conversations will pass that to my father. As I continue in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This is for all of us, brothers and sisters. We are a unified body. We, we are to commune with one another as brothers and sisters. And we are that. We are his children. And we are given that by the grace of God. Saved by grace through faith, brothers and sisters, not by our works. Whatever we do does not save us. It does not guarantee our salvation. What guarantees our salvation is the blood of Christ that was spilled for us. I, I cannot emphasize this enough. And there are those that will diminish this thing that was done. And shame on those that are listening that do that very thing. There are things that occur to other men and women on this earth. The, the Twin Towers was an abhorrent, egregious action that was taking place. And there are issues and opinions and perspectives on that, but it was a terrible thing, and people uh, will say things like, lest we forget, remember the Alamo. And different things that are attributed toward mammon. Mammon being, of course, men, man, mankind. Ladies, 
Don't get in a twist over that, okay? It's just a generalized statement, not necessarily meaning gender-specific thing. It's just a generalization, okay? So that's why I try to use the word mammon, because that speaks to all of mankind, not just specifically for men or anyone else. But they're, those things that they say in... Let let us not let us not forget, or lest we forget, and so many monuments that we see. However, the one repetitive monument, I guess you might call it, is communion at church, and it has become so ritualized, though. But that thing that we were we were told that we do in remembrance of me, and I shall not do have this meal. This was the last meal. And I think that there are some that would misunderstand this. When Jesus broke the bread and gave him the bread and gave him the wine and all this thing, he wasn't talking that he would not specifically have communion again until we all got to heaven. I think what he was talking about was that 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 meal, sitting down in a gathering like that together and all being able to worship and pray together and, and be in communion with one another. Well, he knowing that his hour was coming, he was about to be given up by Judas Iscariot and that he was going to be crucified and that his hour had come and that he would not have that. And it's told in the scriptures that when we get to heaven, we are going to have this huge reunion and there is going to be this massive gathering and everyone is going to be sitting at the tables gathered around and we're going to have this feast, a heavenly feast with Lord Jesus Christ, our Father God, and the Holy Spirit in attendance. And we're all going to have our loved ones around us. And it's going to be amazing, amazing grace that God has poured out on us. His amazing grace abounds. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. And I'm not talking about that song. I'm just talking about how sweet that sound is. Amazing grace. The grace that he gives us to allow us to draw breath for each and every day. And this is something that's very important, brothers and sisters, that we need to remember this. And that we need to understand that it wouldn't even be possible to do unless God loved us first. And God did love us first. John talks about that and reminds us of that. He reminds us that God loved us first. Without God's love in us, we wouldn't be able to do that. And we have to remember this, brothers and sisters. And here's the thing. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Well, see, prophecy, the way they talk about it, is not, it's not just to interpret dreams and to see into the future. That's not what they're talking about. Preachers were called prophets back in biblical times. So it's not specifically 
picking out those that we'll be able to see into future events. And <laughs> brothers and sisters, there are so many that have twisted that thing into and manipulated around. Uh, remember, just because you have millions of ignorant people calling a cheetah a leopard doesn't make it so. Prophets are teachers. Prophets are those that share the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Follow after charity. That translates to the word love. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. And he continues, For he that speaketh in the unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. And I told you that that's okay, brothers and sisters, to do that. But we don't want to confuse the congregation by just uttering and, and, and going on about that. And here's the thing, too, is that for every gift that God presents, Satan is able to manipulate and control and create something different, something that it shouldn't be. God is not going to allow this... Uh, to happen in the midst of a congregation just to jump up. And when I, I'm going to share this straight up and right out now with you, brothers and sisters. When I go to worship at this church, I get so filled up and the Holy Spirit and I start worshiping in tongues. But I don't do it so audibly that it becomes a distraction to other people and that they could become disturbed by that and that there's no interpretation for it because I'm talking to God, my Father, Abba Yahweh in heaven. And we can pray that way. And it's good sometimes that we do that because when you pray openly, the minions of Satan are able to intercept. You have to remember something too. When you, when you read the Bible and you go into things and you go into open prayer and you think that a recitation of, of Scripture and all that... Don't forget, brothers and sisters, Satan used to live there and that a whole bunch that are now demons that are with him also used to live there and they are fully aware of the scripture. This is why it's important that we know the word. And sometimes when we pray, we pray in the spirit and we pray so that we speak directly to heaven, directly to God who saves our prayers and golden vials because they are a sweet savor to his nose. He loves it's like an incense to him. And he loves that we talk to him. But we do that because it's a language that Satan and his minions are not able to understand. That was taken away from him. He does not have that capability. That is in the scriptures, brothers and sisters. He can't understand it promise you. I'm not going to tell you something that wasn't true. So now I'm going to share continuing in verse 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification is... Um, an educational education sort of thing, more of a more than 
just an awareness. It's, it's an education for something that may be unknown, but it's a teaching thing, exhort, uh, edification, an uplifting teaching, exhortation to, to lift up, to encourage, to, to push toward that direction. Uh, Marine Corps DIs used to do it differently. They'd put their hands physically on you and say, I'm going to ex- <laughs> exhort you over the wall. Let's go. A <laughs> uh, little joke. Anyway. I guess you'd have to be there. I know a couple of you out there that listened to me that that were. Um, so here's, and Paul continues, I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. He'd like us all to be able to speak directly with the Spirit but rather that you prophesied, rather that you teach, rather that you share the gospel of Jesus Christ and that you, you help other people with that truth. The greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that that the church may receive. Edifying. So... As I just shared, there's not going to be any confusion. So when there's a speaking of tongues out there and the whole church can hear it because it's allowed to take place, there will be a translation. There is a translation. I shared one, I think, in growing up that that the situation happened. And um, it was actually my mother. And I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up, my mother never took any language classes ever in her life. Uh, she was a Depression-era child. Matter of fact, she only finished the fifth grade, I believe. Um, so she had no language skills other than English. And she was speaking fluent, pure Filipino. And in many times our pastor would, or one of the elders would be able to interpret the message, but the pastor up there she finished. The piano player was playing subtly in the background and, and just stopped. And the message came out, was completed. And then the pastor said, someone has this. We waited and waited. There was no interpretation. Hmm. But after the close of that, just about as our pastor was getting ready to, and he shared this with us too, and the young man was also there at the next service and and was introduced. But um, as the pastor was getting ready to leave and the associate pastor was getting ready to lock up and close, the young man was waiting outside of the church and he said that he needed to talk to the pastor. They went back in the office. The young man apologized. And the pastor was confused. He said, why are you apologizing? He said, that was for me. He said, I am Filipino. But that language was a different language. And, and he could understand everything that my mother was saying. Everything that she was saying was specifically for him. And it wasn't require it wasn't uh, for the edification of the church and it wasn't for the uplifting and this is what Paul's talking about except that he would prefer that the holy language be spoken except that it would be interpreted and that 
generally happens, and that's when God allows it to be uttered openly, given utterance, clearly. But in this instance, that didn't happen, but this young man was happened to be at the service. It was his first time in the church. He was looking for a church, came into the church. My mother spoke in fluent old Filipino that he was able to understand, and the message was entirely for him. God knew he was there. The Holy Spirit knew he was there. Bam, he gave it to my mother and she spoke it. And so then that was explained to others so that there wasn't a confusion to the church because our pastor was a really good pastor and he he explained, he said, the reason that there was not the interpretation so there's no confusion and then he edified the church. That's what that word means, edification. He gave the church knowledge that uplifted them so that they weren't going to be confused and, and some people could get really bothered by things like that that happened. So everybody was good with that. They welcomed the young man and it was a very cool thing. So brothers and sisters, I love you. I love you greatly. We have to remember that we are called to the same purpose. And that that purpose is the good news gospel of God the Father, which is what Christ the Lord tried to do. And there were those that didn't want to hear it. And now it's not only teaching the gospel of God the Father, but the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the only begotten Son that came to sacrifice himself for us. And... I'm going to close out this sharing time with you. And John 17. And I'm going to start in verse 9. This is Jesus is talking to God, our Father. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in this world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. He's talking about his disciples, brothers and sisters. He's talking about us. We're his disciples. And I just had a conversation with a young man today when he said, oh, saw that shirt that I was liked earlier and asked me if I was a Christian. And I said, well, because the term Christian has become so diluted and the salt of the earth that we're supposed to be has become so diluted that I hesitate to even use that word anymore unless there has to absolutely be a name given to it and that would be on the other person's part but I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior who came to this world and the uplifting of the Holy Spirit that shares that with me and through me for the uplifting of my brothers and sisters and as I shared with you, on my going out, my coming in, you are in my prayers. All of you are in my prayers because you are my brothers and sisters. And that's what Jesus Christ is talking about right there. 
You delivered them to me. They are the chosen. They are meant to be with me so that I can teach them and send them out into this world and that they are going to go through these things and that you're, they're yours, they're mine. And the reason you might say, well, wait a minute, why was he praying for the world? Because he was about to go to the cross and be crucified for the world. But this specific prayer was for his disciples that he was going to send out because you have to remember, brothers and sisters, that crucifixion was more localized, okay? And when he went to Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, incidentally, I'm going to refer back to what I shared with you earlier about the head and the mindset and all these things. Isn't it interesting that David killed Goliath and slung a stone that hit him in the front of his head, and then he took the sword and cut his head off and took it back, but because it was not sanctified and it was dirt that he was not allowed to have it inside the city, which he was going to put it on a pole and mount it on the wall, but the priest and all that had a conniption. So he took it outside of Jerusalem and he took it and they haven't been able to prove it, but supposedly the mound where they crucified Jesus Christ was a place where that head ended up and it was called Golgotha place of the skull and the reason that I find that very interesting because we continually talk about the mindset and that not only did the attack on the on the head take the giant Philistines warrior take his life, knock him down to where David could finish that. But Jesus Christ was crucified on that place that all of us are called to have that renewed mindset, that renewed belief that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, faith in God, and leading of the Holy Spirit. So brothers and sisters, getting verbose again in my sharing the word, but I, it can't be helped. I really like it. I love you all. Pray for you. Am I going out? Am I coming in? You have a blessed rest of the night.